0: hey young adults today fam my name is morgan i am part of the minnesota student ministries team and i'm part of the the team here putting on the conference so i'm going to be hosting these interviews super excited but a little off script here before we keep going i just want to give honor where honors due to micah and josiah they truly have been pouring out their heart and soul into this conference to you guys Um, They're just the real deal on and off the screen, and Micah, you've been a huge role model in my life, so I just want to say love you guys, thank you for everything that you're doing, and you're just the best, amazing. Um, So these interviews are going to be about 18 minutes here. They may feel a little rushed, but we just want to get some practical things for you guys and kind of dive in deep, so get your notebooks ready. And um, as we go here, if you have any questions, I have the YouTube pulled up here, so the YouTube um chats here pulled up so i will um be pulling any questions you guys have throughout the us talking here i'll glance down and would love to answer them love have you guys be a part so first up here we have kirby st john he is the district youth director here in minnesota for the assemblies of god Um, you've also been um, youth pastor in cold spring minnesota for 20 years so it was the role that you did before you came here um, and also you love hockey. That is a big part I of do. who you are and coaching your kids and all of that. And also fun fact, this is not on your bio, but okay. you are my boss. I so am. Yes. I get the privilege of being under your leadership. So it's the best. Well, I don't know Thank if that's you. a
1: privilege or if uh, it's uh, a it nightmare. Is but...
0: <laughs> it is to me, it is But anything else you want to add that you know, I, just, I didn't talk about?
1: So young adults falls under my kind of portfolio um, in my mm-hmm. role. And it's so fun to work with Josiah and Micah in the, mm-hmm. to see them um, have dreams, ideas, vision for stuff and just allow them to run with that. Yeah. And they, I mean, they have made some things happen. And so man, this conference is because of them and what they're doing what their heart. And so it's just fun to be able to, to be able to turn people loose, uh, to, to help invest in young adults uh, across the country and the world. And so man, it's just fun to be a part. Mm-hmm. So we're just glad to be, be a part of this today yeah. and uh, share a few thoughts yeah. with, with you here. Uh, the next few minutes yeah
0: so with kind of your background your experience being with youth pastor for 20 years and now leading youth pastors let's kind of come from like a youth angle so just talk about like the transitioning from kids going to youth group to college and just how important it is that handoff between youth and young adult ministry college Um, maybe they take a gap year or go straight into working yeah just talk about your thoughts on that
1: yeah, you know, I, I would say it's probably the one of the trickiest things that we do um, in ministry. You know, I think we, we have that transition from, from elementary school to middle school, and the church does an okay job with that. I don't think we do a great job. But I think a lot of times the church has dropped the ball with this transition. Yeah. We're transition from high school into the college uh, ministry, young adult ministry, career, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that falls on the youth pastor. In it. but if you don't have you're at a church with no youth pastor um you know it makes it a, it's a struggle the church all across the country struggles with but I think as a young adult if you're if you're in a, have a young adult ministry at your church to somehow figure out how do I how do I piggyback in with the youth ministry to make this transition easier yeah. um you know they've been in our church maybe since birth mm-hmm. or two or three years or however long mm-hmm. they've become the youth group and then we just kind of they graduate it's like all right see you later you know like hope well well good yeah. luck you know and it's like I think it's so crucial that we figure out a way to mm-hmm. make that transition easier, smoother, happen. You know, and, and so I, th- I think one of those things is we have to do is we have to somehow, as a young adult leader, somehow get plugged in with those juniors and seniors well before they get yeah. to that spot. That's and good. then if they're leaving your church. To try to figure out how do I get them connected somewhere else? Yeah. And a lot of times we look at it just from our own end, going, "Well, they'll just show up at young adult ministry, and it's going to be easy, and it's going to be..." But it like doesn't it's it's on just. on them yeah, to figure it out. But it's yeah. not on them; it's on us yeah. to try to make that as easy as we possibly can. And especially, one, we think, "Well, if they're out of our church and they're going somewhere else, then 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 our, our we're done." And a lot of, lots of where we see a lot of kids uh, kind of walk away from their faith yeah. when they leave what they've known as normal. Yeah. Um, and then they try to go somewhere else because the church in their city that they're in now isn't what it was at home. It's not what they grew up with. It's not what they like. And so they have no friends.
0: They don't have no any community. friends. And so yeah, To
1: good. try to figure out how do, we, how do we transition and how do we help kids transition. Mm-hmm. So, if I, man, if I know a kid's leaving and going somewhere else, I'm going to call that church. I'm going to call that that yeah. Alpha. I'm going to call somewhere, somehow, to get make sure that they get plugged in. And I think that's the least we could do. Yeah. It's so helping... That youth pastor, mm-hmm. or you taking that role as a, a young adult leader, say, we've got to figure this thing out because, you know, that's the number one age where kids walk away from their faith yeah. is is right there. College, yeah. You know, they say what do they say? Ninety-four percent of people come to Christ before age eighteen, mm-hmm. and then when they walk away, then they they made a the decision, but then they we just leave them h- hanging there. And so we got to figure that out mm-hmm. and uh, how to make that happen. Yeah,
0: I love that. So maybe like wherever they are going next, like I don't know looking on Google, like, what churches are around in that area, or what ministries, and like, almost even doing the connection, like, for them, like you would say, and like, or here's a list of awesome young adult ministries in that area that you're going to, like, I don't know, almost like presenting them with, here's some places to go, or I want to call the pastor there, and I want to connect you, or, yeah, right, things like that.
1: Yeah, I I think, Sometimes sitting in your role and you got eight kids going to eight different places, that's a tough spot. How yeah. do I know where to go? What where to turn? People, you know, to and I. Th- but I think there are some resources out there that mm-hmm. can help that. And uh, and so whether it's calling, you know, a church, whether it's calling, yeah. you know, we've got some things here in Minnesota set up. But some of your states you don't have that set up. But there's just some places that you can figure out. way, how do I connect these people? Um, it could be just making a phone call to this, to the church, to the pastor, to the, yeah. there's a KAI Alpha in town or a crew or anything that has any type of mm-hmm. base at a college campus say, Hey, how are we going to get people plugged in?
0: Yeah. So. Love that. Okay. So 20 years in one church, in one community, one area, just talk about the, the benefits or the, the rewards that you saw from being in like one community, the longevity, the benefits of that. Cause that's amazing.
1: Well, yeah, you know, you look at, um, I think anything that you're. I went into the city, and the people they didn't want me in town. I'll just say that. I went there, went into my first store, and they looked, walked in. The guy said, "What are you doing? Where do you, you know, why did you move to town?" I told him. He goes, "Why in the f would you ever want to, you know, want to do that work at that place?" uh, He didn't just say f. I'll just say that he said (laughs) something else. But but you know, it's it's one of those moments where you look, you look and go, "Man, this is." I went to the high school, and the school was like, "You'll never be back on the grounds again." Wow. But I'll tell you what, the longer I stayed and the more I love people, and I think mm-hmm. that's the key is you can be in a place for a long time and it not really matter, but when you start loving the community, loving people, it opens the door for mm-hmm. some incredible opportunities and some incredible things. And so I just, I want you to, to just, as you look at this and go, do you realize that you're a piece to everyone else's puzzle? That's good. Um, you know, so like, Morgan, if you brought someone to church and I'm at the church, I just got to realize I might be a part of mm-hmm. that person Accepting story. Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. finding that finding at least that church isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you know. But every, so every time I'd, I'd go to church, I'd make sure that whenever a, a teenager walked through the doors, I was going to make sure that I met them. I said, "Good." Or whenever a young adult walked through the doors, I was going to make sure that I made sure that they felt welcome and a part. Yeah. And I think so many times we just skip over that. I'm like, well, it's not that big of a deal. No, but those are your moments to yeah. create opportunities. And the longer you're there, the more your face becomes a, a staple in that church or that community, or you know, in that young adult ministry or whatever, so.
0: Yeah, love that. Okay, switching gears a little bit. So everyone asks me what it's like to work with you, and I usually tell people most days I'm crying, but it's because I'm laughing so hard. So Kirby, you are just like, you make everything so fun, and you just, I'm a very type A person, so I'll come to you being like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do, or this isn't going right, or they're saying this to me, this person's being whatever, you just, of ha- have this like peace over you all the time where you just like don't worry and you make everything fun so how do you do that because that is so hard to do and especially with this past year i mean we all can use that a little bit more but how do you do that Well that's a, i need i'm taking
1: notes too right, yeah. I, you know, I don't i don't know if i've got a great answer for that yeah you know but <laughs> i think ministry has to be fun yeah. And loving people has to be fun. And if we, if, if it's not fun for us, it's not. They're not going to enjoy it, and it's not going to be That's fun true. for anybody. And so, we've got to figure out that just that balance of we're so good at at planning all our activities, our services, our, our stuff like that. But sometimes we just miss the you piece of
2: yeah.
0: of
1: just man. This is a, a so fun good. season. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fun moment. And I'm not going to get stressed out over all the little details because I can do what I can on the front end. But it, and the reality is, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And yeah. I'm not going to let it destroy my. My time, my life, yeah. my enjoyment, and so I think I think I've just grown up learning that life happens, right. and uh, and I'm gonna do whatever I can in the process of life to to make this fun.
3: Because yeah. if I'm not
1: having fun, then I can't expect the people that I'm doing life with yeah, to that have you're fun. Leading and I'm that, leading yeah. that fun, yeah. and so I, I really think that the church should be the funnest place, or most fun place, or whatever the proper grammar there is, is that should be the most fun place. Maybe in the community. And I think there's such a stigma in this in this mentality of people of church is this place where it's boring and it's yeah. it's you know oh man I'm gonna get there and it's gonna be I'm gonna be bored to death I'm gonna be but man church should be a place where we laugh where we cry where we where we enjoy one another and if man, if, if we can't enjoy being around one another then
2: yeah it's
0: uh, no one wants to be there right yeah so, wants to be a part no yeah I love that and I think that's a huge part too of like. How you were able to stay in one spot for 20 years or be in ministry this long is because you made it fun, and if you don't make it fun, I think maybe that's why people burn out so fast too—is that they're not enjoying it. So yeah, we we take ourselves
1: way too seriously. Yeah, You know, when you see deaf, Yeah, have fun with
0: life. Yeah. All right, we got a question on the chats. So (laughs) let's see here. What words of wisdom would you have for a young adult leader who wants to build longevity into their ministry, yet finds it challenging with the transient nature of the young adult season of life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, with a young adult, you may get them for a year, you may get them for two years, maybe may yeah. get them for three years. Um, it's just changing. It's, it's changing. Like, it may be six months. Yeah. are like, no, well, I'm, I'm going to go to school, you know, like, yep. I'm going to do this. And so, what I do think is that they need a, a voice mm. that's just constant in yeah, their life. That's good. And so I think that you know, just having that piece of just going, okay, man, I, I just got to realize that the people I'm investing in, one, it's long term. Um, I'm investing mm. in these people long term, even mm. though they may not be with me long term. Yeah. if that makes a sense. And Can so, we dive
0: into that a little. So, deeper? so like,
1: yeah. So like these, mm. so like people, for example, are I may get them for six months. I may get them for a year, but. If I really care about the person, I'm going to invest in beyond like making sure they've connected somewhere else yeah. or making sure that they're plugged into, even if they're leaving the young adults and they're just deciding, yeah, I'm going to go join an adult life group or I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to move on to this season because yeah. life changed and my schedule doesn't work to fit in all the young adults. So to just know that just because they're not around me, I'm not, I'm just going to, just going to leave them hanging. I'm going to be a part yeah. of their life still. Yeah. I think it's such a, a huge piece to this thing going, man, I'm just not in it for the, you know, for the for the six months I had them. Mm-hmm. I'm in it thinking that maybe long-term this relationship, six years from now, I'm still gonna have a chance to speak in their life.
0: Yeah, cause having that mindset of like, I only get six months, like that'd be so exhausting of like, I think now it's almost looking at, at like surface level too, of like, yeah, cause people come in and out all the time. So it is, that's great looking at that long. i want to make sure, and you can still be in their life after they're in young adult ministry, Well, That's right? the
1: thing, the yeah. cool thing about it is, is is with the way technology is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're 600 miles away, we can still connect. Yeah, that's You know, nice. and it's, yeah. I mean, it's its so simple to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I
1: just say this, when God puts somebody on your heart, on your mind, then just make sure you reach out to them. So many times that's we've true. missed it that God's trying to tell us, hey, remember that kid from six years ago? And for some reason they pop in your mind. I think in those moments where you reach out and you invest in them mm-hmm. and just hit, hey, drop them a line, I think that keeps that door open and it makes, because I'm not in this for, just be what, when they're with me. I'm in this for lifelong yeah. that they're going to make this decision. Being
0: pastoring them. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'm
1: pastoring them for the yeah. rest of their life, even though I may not see it for 10 years. Right. Um, and that, that that's it's a difficult piece, I think sometimes, but it's doable.
0: Right. And that's where your heart's at. Yeah. Check your heart with that. All right, switching gears a little bit more again. Um, so this last year with um, speed the life, you know what that is? It is um, a missions that our assemblies of God youth give to um, across the U.S. So. Um, here in Minnesota with you kind of leading the charge with that gave this past year 2020 during a pandemic gave almost 1.7 million dollars which is amazing like we didn't think it was going right. to be that right. much so just just talk about your heart for missions and how to just maybe apply that to young adults myself included like our heart is like, we just want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and a part of a cause, something to stand up for, whether it's injustice or um, helping those in need. So just talk about what young adult pastors can can do to kind of cultivate that giving and being a part of missions like culture and their ministry.
1: Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it, it really is a huge piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you hit on it. Young adults love a cause. Yeah they want to get behind the cause Mm -hmm. and and teenagers do too they're just and and what we've done is we've been able to challenge students to say hey let's in the midst of whatever's going on in our world that we don't forget what really matters to God and that's lost people yeah and uh whether that's in our own community whether it's somebody we work with whether it's somebody we we you know we went to high school with now Mm we're you know transitioning through life but I, I really think that man if we'll give if we'll give college students just the opportunity to to get yeah. behind something even though in the midst of that or young adults who are in the middle of the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, so a college kid maybe looks at it and they go, they don't have a, a ton of money but yeah. they'll give their life yeah. to do, do something. something. Yeah, And, uh, and uh, some of the workforce, they may have a little bit more resources yeah. but they still want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. And you, we, I mean we look at some of our biggest m- people that are going to the field. Missions, when it comes to missions, it's, col- it's college students right now. They're going, I'll give a year or two years of my life to do this. And so I think there's a there's that feel of just trying to how do we bring young people, how do we bring young adults into the in the idea of let's get behind the cause of Christ yeah. in changing the world, impacting the world. And mm-hmm. I think if we'll do that, we'll ch- we'll challenge them. We'll watch this thing take off because you know like you said, young young adults are all about a cause. Yeah. And so true, if we can right? find the cause that that's going to get them excited and passionate, they'll give not only their time, their energy, but they'll give their resources to them. Yeah, and
0: almost filtering them to the right cause because there's so many causes out there, good and bad, whatever you believe, too. So, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, we're almost out of time. We have other questions here, but I'm going to save these questions. Next month, we're going to do a little bonus after-conference feature with you, Kirby, and the Keneallys. Um, so we'll get to answer these questions here, but I mean we could keep talking so long about all this. So we do want to keep talking about some of these conversation with these things, but Kirby, thank you so much for your time. And again, love leading under, you leading me under.
1: Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we get it. <laughs> yes.
0: All right, next up we got Logan Ketterling. Welcome to the table. Good to be um, back. <laughs> um, yeah, yesterday when you kind of ran it. Now you get yeah. to sit at the yes, table. Yes, I know Come it's official stay. now. <laughs> yes, Logan, you are the executive um, pastor of Influence at River Valley Church here. Yeah. New at- jobs. Yes, yeah. new. So prior to that, you were the young adult pastor here overseeing eight, nine campuses of young adult ministries. When, how old were you when you started? I was 20. 20 yeah. when you started. Wow. Yes, It's awesome. So you were doing that prior for the last four years. So you just yeah. transitioned this year. Young adult ministry here called 20 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing that right now. Um, got new dog yes. in your life yes. with your He's wife, awesome. Mac. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Love her. You love to golf, yes. all those things. And this is my personal add-in. I'm kind of doing these whenever. I got yeah. to be um, under your leadership here at 20 Plus, serving on the lead team with you. It mm-hmm. was the best. So anyways, know you personally. Yeah. I love this. So let's just dive right in. We're just going to go deep. Yeah. What is something you've learned during this COVID? year 2020 pandemic what's something that just sticks out to you in ministry here
2: that's a great question i know we've all learned so many things in this year we were joking earlier when uh we were kind of going over some questions i said learn nothing learn nothing at all of course we've all learned so many things Uh, i think i learned most that um ministry does not rely on me Mm -hmm. and it does not rely on a structure or even a building or a system now obviously we all wanted to get back as soon as we could we all Mm -hmm. wanted to you know get back into the flow of what we were doing but i think we realized you know what we're seeing you shared about with with pastor kirby you know speed the light like giving was record and and Mm -hmm. we all kind of saw that in our churches in different ways maybe you weren't setting records but maybe it was ministry was still happening Mm -hmm. and it wasn't about you know you being on the platform it wasn't about you um, getting you know the big gathering together and so I think a reminder for all of us to say hey it's not it's not about us Mm -hmm. it's about Jesus and it's about that transformation now there's environments that we can create that we Mm -hmm. do that that we hope to do um, and hope to get back into the swing of things but I think throughout this year it's just a, a realization that God moves no matter the circumstance, and yeah. it, and then for me, you know, to transition in this role and shout out to uh, Katie, I think she's watching. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Katie. Katie, she she just took over 20 plus, and yeah. I know she's going to take it to places that I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just excited to see that it, you know, I can let go of something and it's going to be okay. And and they did their first event. And, and it was awesome. And it's like at times you can feel like if I don't lead the small group or if I don't lead the, the service or the if I don't preach, yeah. mm-hmm. then then it's not going to happen. And it's that's the opposite. It's it's no, the more that you give it away, the actually the greater your impact is going to be. So Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, just talk about a little bit, how did you lead a multi-site ministry? Maybe not everyone is in that boat. But I think some people here are for sure. But just talk about how did you do that, being a leader, overseeing all that, I mean, it sounds overwhelming when you have eight, nine campuses. Um, and maybe you talk about how did you start like each campus or um, regions or yeah, what was your model or how did you approach that?
2: Yeah, and I think that there's maybe not everyone has multi-site, but I think everyone can relate whether you have multiple groups or mm-hmm. you have multiple services on a weekend, or even yeah. if you just have multiple expressions throughout your week, that's maybe you have something on Tuesday, something on Friday. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get a, like multiple things that you're managing it starts to become complicated it's overwhelming. and I yeah. think the the two biggest challenges that I see is continuity is one is mm-hmm. to say if you show up to one campus or if you show up to one group are they gonna have the same level of experience it may not it may not be yeah. you know exactly the same you're gonna have different flavors different cultures of the people who are leading it mm-hmm. but are they still getting the values of what we're trying to instill that's mm-hmm. a challenge and then the other thing is is training up leaders is a challenge too because when it's just you you can say oh i'm gonna do it on my own or i'm gonna come up with this or i'm gonna be flexible but when you're actually empowering other people to do it it's difficult so i think for me the the early on i didn't do well at it and i tried to be the person at every location i was like traveling around to our locations trying to do that and i realized never going to be able to make it work because I'm one person and I'm very inexperienced and I'm very young and I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but that was just kind of what was told to me, like go around to the locations and try and build it up. But once I started to Mm -hmm. find individual people who I could empower and who I could lead, we we had a time right before COVID where we were doing events in three different locations and Mm -hmm. I was only at one of them and, but everything was happening and it was, it was all good and actually it was better when I wasn't there and you can probably (laughs) attest to that. Um, but when, when you empower people to do it, I think that's the secret of it. And now there's times where you empower somebody and they do something and you wouldn't have done it that way. Mm. And that can be challenging as a leader to say, wow, that, that was not the way that I would have done it. But I think when you give stuff away, that little bit of a difference is maybe not how you would have done it, but you would have never been able to Mm. do it. And so I think some of that leadership is if, you know, if you're leading a, a small group, maybe you have, you know, greater than 12 or 15 people, you might be timed to split because as Grant was talking about yesterday, you're not able to disciple all those people. But it can feel like, well, no, I'm the leader. I'm the person. I'm leading this thing. I can't expand because of this. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. you got to do that because otherwise you're never going to be able to grow and, and even, even more so than growing, you're never going to be able to pour into the people in your group that it's God good. has given yeah. you. So.
0: What I kind of hear you saying is like, kind of taking a step back, being like, I don't have to be the face that is going around to each place, but obviously you're a big part of it and you want to bring that like leadership, but empowering yeah other people at different places to do it. And then kind of segueing into that, just talk about like how you built your leadership team, your core team, and um, how did you kind of frame that, that I think you kind of poured into them first and empowered them to kind of, I mean, run the ministry, like kind of putting it that way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's. It was my biggest mm-hmm. challenge early on as I was kind of alluding to saying that I was relying on myself too much mm-hmm. um, and but then I when I needed to rely on people I relied on people in all the wrong places meaning I need you to help me set up I need you to help me do this I need you to help me do the hard things yeah and that's okay because you do need those yeah. things but I think what you were saying if you don't pour into somebody first, you're never gonna get an output out of them Mm -hmm. because you're not inputting anything into them. So it it was about a year in that I kind of shifted my mindset and said, Mm -hmm. okay, now I'm gonna focus on pouring into people first. And then what I saw was their output into the ministry was so much greater Mm -hmm. because my input into them. And then it changes your perspective as a leader. Instead of saying, oh, I'm gonna be the one who's doing everything, doing all the time, say, no, I'm going to empower this person to lead the discussion this week, or I'm going to empower this person to do the announcements this this you know during the service. Yeah. Um, and some of the things that I did, just ideas. and I know everyone has different limitations on their location, on their budgets, but took took leaders to twins games and tried to. Do, I know Josiah and Micah, you know <laughs> they love twins games too. They take their leaders there. We I, I, I paid for them to be at conferences like this. I said I want to pour, and I'm sure That's you're good. you're doing the same thing as well, but being accessible to them specifically, I think was huge to pour into them, to, to go over to their house, to invite them over to dinner, to do things outside of your ministry night, because it can get so easy. And, and Mac and I, my wife, we were talking about this last night. She's a manager. She has employees. How do we cultivate mm-hmm. yeah. that, um, you know, team mentality? Yeah. You build the team in the locker room. You build the team on the okay. trips. You don't yeah. build the team on the field. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. in ministry, we're always on the field. Yeah, we're like always there. Yeah, in the there. moment. Yeah, yeah, always there. And the only time you see them is when they show up 30 minutes before to serve on the weekend. They show up an hour before to set up. But that's not, if you've ever been on any team or sports team or anything, you know that it's the airplane ride on the way. It's the hotel. It's, you know, if you go on a Those mission the, trip.
0: M- the memories that you remember. Yeah, yeah, and that's
2: that's where you get the unity. You, yeah. you know, the the missions and the ministry part of it is is definitely solidifying, but... It's the in-between moments that help you build that relationship.
0: Yeah. This is a good question that just came in. YouTube. How do you handle leading young adults as a young adult leader pastor when several of the people attending are your good friends? Ooh. That's a really good one.
2: That's good really one, good. Good one,
0: Samantha. Really. That's...
2: Yes. That's That's been... I mean, I, I would say for a lot of people, I've heard that as a huge challenge because... Yeah you all of a sudden get thrown into leadership. maybe it's your lead pastor that trusted you or maybe you just had the, the passion and all your friends were excited about it but yeah. they're like not actually doing anything about it. And it took a long time if I'm being honest and mm-hmm. it, it was a journey to say, you know at first you kind of feel this pressure to be overly bossy especially when you're young and, and I'm, you know, 20, yeah, like 21, you mean
0: business. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like I'm the boss now. God, God gave me this position, you know, listen the, to me. Yeah. The lead pastor told me that I'm in charge of this. And that doesn't work yeah. <laughs> and it's never going to work because people are going to be pushed away because they know you, they knew you in youth group or they knew you growing up. They knew how stupid, right. you know, like the stupid their lenses things you did. of yeah. you
0: isn't leadership. Totally. Yeah.
2: Totally. And and people deal with this, not just in young adult ministry. Right. This is in ministry all right. the time. When you see somebody, I'm sure Pastor Kirby would say the same thing. It's like, oh, you're DYD now. You know, I remember when you were just new it in cold spirit. It's like people have that mentality. Yeah, so I hard. think one, you talk about friends If they are your true friends, they're going to work with you Mm -hmm. on that. They may not like it always, but they're going to work with you. People who aren't your true friends, they're just going to be combative. They're going to say, who gave you the mantle of leadership? You can't boss me around. They're not the type of people that are really your true friends. But the ones that are, I think it's having a real conversation with them and say, hey, this is something that God's put on my heart. I would love for you to be a part of this. And because of the relationship that we have, I don't want you to feel like I'm bossing you around or I'm leading this but I do feel this way would you join me and help me in leading in this and you you have to know that at the end of the day it's your decision but I think you know like like with my new job there's all these people in the organization that I now work with Mm -hmm. that I could try and flaunt myself and say oh I'm you know I'm an executive pastor now I mean look at me I don't look like an executive (laughs) pastor um but it's like say this and listen to me and do this, but it's not in my best interest to do that. No. I wanna work with them and I wanna um, you know, build relationships with them first, so that's yeah. what I would say.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Um, So something a part of your ministry that you created or helped develop with the team is you did on our university here in Minnesota, U of M, you did an extension site Mm -hmm. um, from the church. Just talk about what that looked like, how you built that relationship with the university, a public school university, and just what that extension site looked like.
2: Totally. Totally. Yeah, it, it's been super hard with COVID. We were not able to do that this last semester, yeah. but the previous it was like spring break. We're like, see you in a couple of weeks, and then haven't <laughs> met <again>. since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but um, luckily we have a campus that's close by that many people yeah. have been a part of. Okay. But but yeah, I think at first I was trying to find the identity of the extension site because we went and we launched this and we started off really strong, as yeah. many ministries do. You get your biggest attendance right away and then you start to shrink and that's totally normal that's something that should be expected it's not because you're a bad leader it's strictly that's how it always works yeah so if you start it you're like we had 50 people at our first young adult event and then the next one you have 30 and the next one you have 20 you're like it's because you're riding
0: this high yeah. and then yeah totally and mm-hmm.
2: so that happened for for us as well and i had this identity crisis where i was like mm. okay are we are we like chi alpha on the campus because there is a chi alpha and we actually a lot of students go to chi alpha yeah. and we love them or are we, like, a church, but, like, we're an extension service? And so I think that, like, identity, trying to figure out what it was, was a hard thing. And so as we went on, we started to establish, no, we are a local church here on campus, mm-hmm. and many people are a part of other campus ministries. And I think once we identify that for people to say, this is your church. It happened to meet on a Monday night, but mm-hmm. we said, you know, this would be your Sunday. And it's not that it's checking the box. This counts for right, God. Right. But it's, no. we want to be your church. We want to be that. And so I think even for parachurch ministries, maybe you are Chi Alpha, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you're involved in something like a crew, is identifying that, say, hey, we are not the local church. We want you to be in the local church, but what we can provide to you is something that maybe the local church doesn't have the resources to do right now. So Mm -hmm. I think for us building that, building relationships with students, telling people what we were and what we were not was helpful for Mm -hmm. them because otherwise you say, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to be like Kyle, we're going to be like this, we're going to be like that, but you can't meet their expectations around the discipleship that those ministries have that are the reasons why they exist. So I think when we decided we're a local church, Uh, you can be a part of other ministries on campus that are going to disciple and do well, but we're going to be your local church that you come to, you know, on Monday. But uh, that was a big step Did you
0: kind of connect with the Kyle phone, the crews on campus, just to be like... Hey, not trying to step on. We had several meetings
2: with the Kyle team and Ryan and all all those uh, people and just saying, how can we partner together? And, you know, we we ended up just saying we want to be the biggest cheerleaders of each other. You know, it wasn't like we merged our groups together. We merged things. There were times where some things were tighter together and some things were looser. But I think being cheerleaders of each other is is more about you as a leader than it is about your ministries Mm -hmm. because the the students in your ministry or the young adults in your ministry whether it's young or old the way you speak about other ministries and other churches will dictate the way they speak about it. So if there's a young adult ministry down the road, and there's a ton of young adult ministries in Minneapolis, there's people on this lead team that we have (laughs) young adult ministries that are in the same areas. But when we speak highly of each other and we say, we love that ministry, we want that ministry to grow. Mm -hmm. We're like, Chi Alpha growing is a win for us, you know, and and our campus growing was a win for them. We wanted to see God move in it. And Mm -hmm. I think there's enough room for all of us here but when we speak that way and it's not behind the scenes in your leadership team meeting saying oh yeah did you see what that church did there he never did that by (laughs) the way i'm glad you can attest to that (laughs) but but that's really our heart we never want to speak uh, because and this is this is truly from scripture when you speak bad about another church you are literally speaking bad about the bride of jesus christ And when God or when Jesus says, you know, you did this to me and they say, wait, we never saw you, Jesus. He says, no, when you did it to the least of these, when you clothed these people, when you did it, you did it to me. And in the same way, when you reverse that and say, when you speak about the church, the body of Christ, and you disparage your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not disparaging them. You're not disparaging their failure. You're disparaging me because I am the church. The church does not belong to them. It belongs to me so never speak negatively even there's churches in the area that have had difficult times recently that maybe pastors have fallen or other things that you've seen that's good you never should say oh yeah that's what you get when you're a prideful leader that's what you get when you're not focused on god no this is heartbreaking for us because this is the body of christ so we want to be lifting uh to every church and every young adult ministry because that will reflect on your team
0: that's good all right kind of jumping in here two questions on youtube see if we can answer yeah, the question one fast. what is the uh the activity event or experience at 20 plus that you're most proud of something that you help lead?
2: yeah we we started an event about a year and a half ago uh, called culture Combos, and mm-hmm. that's just been a huge part of our ministry that has been a more of a low-key event it's it's uh Time for question and answers so we do a conversation uh, we had mental health relationships um, like
0: hot topics yeah that, hot topics
2: yeah. where we did but it was a time for kind of uh, more acoustic spirit-filled worship yeah. um, reflective time and then uh, an interview and a conversation so i think that was really cool uh, this last year and a half just mm-hmm. doing those events we were able to do some online with covid some in person uh, but I think that was the thing I've been most proud of because it wasn't about the big hype, it right. wasn't about the numbers. And I love the big 20 plus events and we still do them and they're awesome. <laughs> but those things particularly, I think we're able to move into that next journey of what discipleship looks like. So,
0: um, See if we can answer this quick. Yeah.
2: Got um, okay.
0: okay, from Maltesei Church, how do you set up the same ministry at different campuses well? Do you keep the campus cam- campus constants or do you change it? to fit the campus oh so maybe look different in different yeah. areas yeah.
2: yeah i think it'll look different in different areas but i think the big thing is whoever is leading that in that area keeping them close to you because if you know what's going on because of what mm-hmm. they're telling you and if you're going and experiencing it for yourself i think that can be helpful so yes absolutely there's going to be some differences some things you'd say no you're going to do a event the event might look different right. but i think that has been uh the biggest thing that i would say is just be close to your leadership don't just say oh mandated everyone's got to do you know go to a beach well i don't have a beach in my community yeah. you know but if you say everyone's got to do a fun hangout yeah. well then maybe you can you know try something that be so, flexible
0: yeah yeah okay again we can keep talking I, yeah. here but um logan you actually were on the young adults uh today podcast the first season so if you yeah. want to hear more about this in in these, yeah, throwback <laughs> Um, more about logan's story and just wisdom from him check out the podcast season one but also this coming up a little bit we got some breakout sessions that you're going to be leading so some of these questions we didn't get to if you have other ones can ask them then join logan's breakout but all right next up we got pastor jimmy so we'll be right back all right and we're back with pastor jimmy welcome to the table i think that's what the segment should be called (laughs) the table (laughs) welcome to the table Okay, you are the Associate Pastor at Hillside Church in yeah. Mankano, Mankato, Minnesota, which isn't, I know you'll defend, it's more in rural Minnesota, but it's not, <laughs> you don't like that right, term, right, but right. for people who are not familiar with Minnesota, you know that, <laughs> more rural, but you've helped the church in several ways. Um, they're in the local church doing communications, youth ministry, launching the adult ministry at your church. Um, you've also designed everything for the conference, which is I love it. It's amazing. So good. Thank you. Everyone Thank you. is doing thumbs up. We love <laughs> it. Um, and you're also about to be a dad. So that's I know, so exciting. I know. How how soon?
3: How uh, June twenty third is the up. date. So, we're having, that's I'm awesome. I'm
0: nervous and excited. Yes, that's so exciting. All right. So, kind of mentioned there wasn't a young adult ministry at your church when you first started. So just talk about pioneering that. What that looked like. I mean, the the hills and. In valleys, you had to climb to get there, but the yeah.
3: Sides, yes. yes, Hillside Church. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it's good. <laughs> yeah. Dad jokes yeah. here. Yeah. Yes, God. oh gosh. I, I oh man, go
0: but yeah, how did you do it? Starting from scratch. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, it really, for us, Well, there was a need. And mm-hmm. so, we saw that there was, I mean, we have MSU right down the road from us, literally,
1: two miles college. yeah yeah yeah. I'm yeah mankato
3: minnesota state university yeah and then even where i live i live in saint peter which is 15 minutes away there's gustavus and so mm-hmm. we've got college kids really close to us and we noticed our third service was primarily the young adults college-aged kids and so uh literally it was funny when we didn't even realize it at first but we have to now watch their calendars because mm-hmm. there's some sundays where um they're on breaks and we don't realize it and we're like. What's going wrong with our church? Our Everyone's attendance is leaving. way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just college kids leaving. So for <laughs> we're like, oh,
0: okay. it's on break.
3: Yeah, so we were paying more attention to it now. But um, like I said, there was a lot of there's a lot of kids that age, a lot of students that age that were coming, mm-hmm. and we were saying to ourselves, man, there's an opportunity here that if we don't capitalize it, we're yeah. gonna miss it. And yeah. so um, we were going out with these people anyways, and and I was that age. I was
0: yeah, you're in, you in the same boat. Same
3: I boat, exactly. Like, yeah. I was in the same boat. And so a lot of my friends were in that same boat where we were just like, there's gotta be something more than just being a youth leader. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of students who were saying, we wanna feel like there's some belonging here, but we don't necessarily feel like it's in youth leadership. That's and so, so true. I
0: was just jump in like when I was a youth leader, I'm like, some youth ministries, their young adult ministry is the youth leaders. Yes. That's so true. <laughs>
3: yes, and we didn't want that model yeah. at our church and we, we knew that there was something more for yeah, it. Yeah. And so so that's when we started talking about us uh, uh, ministry yeah, full fledged awesome. ministries.
0: So. Yeah, that's great. How did you get your senior leadership on board, or how did you like present this like idea? Because I mean, there's a lot goes into it: budgets, like mm-hmm. having to use different church resources. So how did you get people to jump on board, senior le- leadership specifically, but other people and leaders
3: as yeah. well? Yeah, the the biggest thing for me is buy in with my senior pastor. Mm-hmm. So. Um, A lot of the things that I do in our church, I try to be really intentional that I care about the same things that my senior pastor cares about. And luckily, we have a senior pastor who really values the next generation. That's kids, youth and young adults. Mm-hmm. And um, and so for me, it was just aligning with his vision already that was there, which is awesome because I feel like, and you've probably seen this too, that yeah. there's a lot of things that just don't get through because the senior pastor's not really on board. Yeah. He just wants someone to facilitate it. Right. And uh, we didn't want that. We actually wanted a full-fledged ministry that the senior pastor supports because we wanted buy-in from our church. That's good. And so so that's one thing that we kind of started with was just I had natural buy-in with my leader. And What would
0: you say for someone who maybe doesn't?
3: Yeah, I would start watching your senior pastor and care about the things that he cares about. So if he really values Sunday morning worship, maybe you start learning to play guitar to up the team a little (laughs) bit, you know, or something, you know, try to do things that will matter to him. My senior pastor is a clean freak. And so um, when I'm walking into the church building, if there's trash in the parking lot, I'm picking that trash up or I'm trying to clean up little bits here and there because I know it matters to him. It might not matter so much to me, but I know it matters to him.
0: Right. And you're not trying to do it to be like, I don't know. Like I'm favor, like do no. things that he likes
1: to.
3: No, 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 no yeah. yeah, not like manipulate him yeah. or anything like that. But you need to have a good relationship with your senior pastor. Yeah. The other thing, the other piece that's not, it's it's harder to facilitate. But our senior pastor, and this is just full-fledged transparency. Our senior pastor had kids who were in the young adult age, and so mm-hmm. uh, there was a need because of that too. Pressing you because of that, so he saw his kids going, "We want something more right. too." So it was it was with easy. That,
0: yeah. How did you find people to kind of join your team besides your senior pastor, like other people to kind of help bring this ministry to life at your church? Mm -hmm.
3: At the time, I had an intern Mm -hmm. who was kind of helping me with every single thing that I do with my job. And when we brought up young adult ministry, um, she was just on fire. She loved the idea of it, really was on board. And so, um, so that was kind of natural for me was to, to look at someone like her and bring her into the leadership team. Yeah. Um, most of my teams that I develop, I I tend to lean towards a triumvirate leadership model, which is kind of three working as one, mm-hmm. which somewhat sounds familiar. And... And so that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a couple other people to come alongside me where we can kind of work together as one. And so my intern was one that it was just, she was natural at it. And then I started watching the group of young adults that were coming to our church and asking myself, who are people flocking to? Mm -hmm. Because after a while, you started to notice that there was one student who was just like a magnet, a right. natural influencer. And um, mm-hmm. I've read enough leadership books to know that you need people like that on your side. Yeah. And so <laughs> I pulled him in on that uh, that triumphant team. So
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, how did do you start doing things in the community? Um, I think something that you guys kind of ran with, something called you did pop-up parties. Yeah. Um, so maybe just talk about different events or how did you get momentum going, started? Um, what were some key events or things that you did to get... People coming in to realize like, hey, this church now has a young adult community, ministry, a part of it. Presence, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, the first thing we just wanted to get started was somewhere. So we started like a small group type of meeting, okay. um, which I imagine is probably a lot of people where they start. Um, so that was just to kind of please the students who were like, we need something now. And then, um, we planned kind of a momentum builder in the fall when university came back and, uh, did a bigger event, had a guest speaker in and stuff like that. Um, but to talk on pop-up parties a little bit, um, you, you probably realize this in your own life, but with your really close friends and your family, there are some people that you have in your life that... The only way you're gonna ever hang out with them or ever gonna see them is if you put them on your calendar. Mm-hmm. And there are people who you are closer to that if you shot a text to right now, you could probably grab lunch with them in a couple hours. Or, you know, supper tonight or go over and hang out. they have...
0: spontaneous. Yes,
3: spontaneous. So, there's <laughs> that.
0: type A planners.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. And part of it is, and this is a little bit of jaded me, I'm a planner, is okay. we would plan something out six weeks and we would see the same attendance that if we did a spontaneous, hey guys, tonight we're doing something by the lake. We would see the same amount of numbers, yeah. pretty much. And yeah. so it was like our planning. And you guys know how this is that if it's six weeks out or four weeks out, you're like, I'll throw it on my calendar, and if nothing's trumped it by then, then, uh, <laughs> I'll then some, do it. <laughs> yeah, then I'll do it. But so we just found that um, there's mm. that closeness, that authenticity, that feeling that if we do something spontaneous, it feels more natural and less. Mm planned which yeah, like i know that really resonates yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. so people like that they yeah like, like that you're idea. doing
0: life with them and it's not just yeah what you said let me see what i have in two months yes like you're making making them a priority like right now Yeah, doing that love that
3: yep.
0: um just talk about like you kind of talked about the, the three that you mm. did you guys like have a little name or anything or is that just in your head
3: no, no, I mean, <laughs> like, you go natural Three Musketeers yeah. or something like something that. Like but that. No, but you had
0: me. opportunity as being a young leader to also rise up young leaders behind you in this yeah. ministry. Um, so just talk about how you did that, what you, I know you kind of looked for people that pe- other people flock to, but yeah, just talk about rising up leaders behind you, even being a young leader.
3: Mm-hmm. I naturally love coaching. Um, I was a wrestling coach for a couple years. And um, I just love that idea that I can cheerlead for somebody and watch them succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, Andy Stanley is the one who constantly says uh, the greatest thing you will do in your life might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And so for me, it was like, okay, how can I get people underneath me that I can raise up and watch succeed? Um, And we've all seen that model where ministry is kind of hinging on one primary person and how unhealthy that is and so we wanted to avoid that Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly as a young leader transitions are so inevitable almost i mean when i think about my 20s my entire 20s um, i moved from south dakota to minneapolis to virginia to iowa Mm -hmm. and i went from multiple churches it was just constantly moving around and so when i think about leadership transitions it's kind of inevitable too within the church. And yeah. we strive for longevity, but transitions do happen. And so when mm-hmm. I, I transitioned out of young adult ministry, uh, kind of what Logan was saying a little bit, um, it's hard to watch someone. It's almost like you raised this baby and mm-hmm. now you're giving them up for adoption to some new yeah. parents. And you're like, I wouldn't parent like that. <laughs> you know, you, you, you have those thoughts. Yeah. And um, I talked about, or we talked about this yesterday in my session with Randy jumper is you want to be a presence to them and if they want help you're there yeah. and you're you're there to help guide them but if they're not asking for it i tried to just keep my mouth closed and so it's allowing that leader space to actually grow into yeah. the position and so that's what i was trying to be intentional with as i transitioned out of young adults which was hard but uh i did my best to cheerlead the next person that came in so.
0: yeah and let them figure it out if you know they fail it's okay but like they're having to figure it out like for themselves
3: on their own. And those first like six months after I transitioned, I was I was in those meetings, um, Mm -hmm. I was help planning those events and talking to the next leader about what they can do and giving them options and you know talking to my people that I know to help them out. So I mean I was doing my best to help them but like I said if I wasn't being asked the question I wasn't bringing things up if I wasn't right. Up, so. Yeah, that
0: balance between like, I'm not just throwing it at you and walking away, but mm-hmm. I'm also here, but I'm not too much here. So you don't feel like you have to do exactly what I did. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's that balance. Of, exactly. Yeah, bring them up. Talk a little bit about your calling versus your identity and just your journey with um, becoming a pastor and maybe not going the way you thought or just realizing, yeah, your calling versus your identity with that.
3: Yeah. Um, I heard someone speak on this uh, a handful of years ago, but they basically said, like, for your job, typically people will wear a uniform um, and that you are not your uniform. Mm-hmm. And that really has kind of stuck with me that um, it's always so sad to me when I see a pastor who um, God calls out of the ministry and they lose their identity mm-hmm. because their identity was found in being a pastor. Yeah, we see that um, all the time. Yeah, that's and hard. it's so sad. And honestly, uh, I that is a prayer that I pray se- semi consistently in my own life is that I wouldn't be tied to my uniform because if God calls me outside of ministry that I would be obedient to that. Yeah, that's um, and so maybe right now there's someone watching this who's saying, "Man, I went, you know, I have been in banking my entire life and uh, my, you know, bachelor's degree is in business management." And so you kind of feel doing. stuck. Yeah. You feel you feel like your identity is stuck in that. Yes. And uh, my challenge would be to you is to be obedient to the calling. And you're not called to those things. You're called to God, and your identity is found in God and not in your your job.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, how important is it for your daily life to be disciplined? Um, I think that's a theme throughout yesterday and last night with a couple of the speaker with Pastor Brad. Is just I've, you can talk about it more in your own life, but like. What you do in your own personal life, like, flows over into everything that you're doing, and yeah. I think we forget to do that as leaders and pastors. To my life and what I'm doing, what I'm walking is so important with the people I'm leading. So, anything you have to say about just living your life, disciplined um, i mean, disciplined as yourself.
3: Yeah, I—I I, when I first started in full-time youth ministry, it—I was 20 years old. I had two years of schooling under my belt. Uh, And they were, like, mainly Genets, So it was, like, hardly any Bible stuff. And here I was, a full-time pastor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, you know, getting into it going, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I am so thankful. We were talking about this. uh, Logan brought this question up yesterday that... uh, your theology when you were younger and I cringe and think about some of the sermons that I gave
0: yeah, and uh like, I have to I hope no one remembers that
3: yes I live have to shut it off at <laughs> night sometimes when I think about the things I said but uh I'm so thankful we never had like live streaming yeah, our like, podcasts. yeah exactly it would have been terrible <laughs> but I realized then and I started myself on a journey of uh discipline in my studies because I knew that if I wanted to give people real answers to the very real problems that they had, mm-hmm. um, I needed to be studied. And I realized that longevity and ministry required me to know more. And so that's when I started. I had a, luckily I had a mentor at the time who was speaking life into me, encouraging me down the route of getting credentialed. And so that was kind of the journey of me starting to study. So mm-hmm. becoming certified, becoming licensed, then ordained, Getting, finishing my bachelor's degree, finishing my master's degree, wow. over these past twelve years, it's just been continuously learning. Yeah. And so, I would challenge whoever's watching. Um, that's the one thing that scares me about next gen leadership is that we aren't equipped enough. Mm-hmm. We have tons of resources all around us, but we're not staying disciplined in them. And actually, the daily right. kind of routine. People just think I can just
0: Google it and I'll figure.
3: Exactly, <laughs> figure exactly. Out. But when someone's sitting in your office. And they're struggling with some real life things, that yeah, you need answers like, let right me now. Get my computer really yeah, quick. and it's acceptable to say I don't know the answer. That's
0: good. Or
3: yeah. to say, hey, let's ask somebody else. Yeah. But I would challenge you: don't let that be your crutch, because it mm. doesn't always need to be that answer.
0: That's good. That's really good. All right, we got maybe time for one last question here. Brent Silky says, "How can a young adult?" ministry leader cultivate momentum in their local church in regards to engaging young adults in serving?
3: Ooh, that on. is really good. That is really good.
0: Time, commitment. Yeah. Can be hard. Yeah. But yeah. How do you do that?
3: Yeah. To actually throw something on your calendar uh, <laughs> and require that of people is really hard. And especially like we were talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, for a group of people that don't necessarily love to plan out far enough, and facilitate mm-hmm. some serving. like every
0: first Sunday I'm doing this.
3: Yes, it's hard it's, to get
0: people.
3: Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, but again, I would lean back towards um, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. And so if it's something that is in your heart serving, then it'll, it'll flow out of you. You will find those opportunities. I remember in my young adult small group, um, that was a priority of mine that I mm-hmm. said, we're not gonna just sit and meet in my living room and watch a video and do discussion questions every week that every once in a while let's take breaks yeah. and let's go serve people. So we would, I would I would poll the group because I didn't have all the answers for serving either and I wanted to do things and make p- people feel like they were contributing by asking, um, what do you think would be some good opportunities? And that's when we found out, hey, there's this grandma down the street, mm-hmm. her house, literally paint chips are falling off all around. Yeah. It needs it to be painted, needs wood fixed. So we went down there, we painted her okay. house, we fixed yeah. it and so, I was, I guess, I, I guess I would ask you to lean on the people that are around you in your small groups or in your young adult ministry, and ask them, "Hey guys, yeah. what needs are you seeing that you want to help with?"
0: Yeah, and then get some skin in the game.
3: Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing that. Awesome. Well, again, we could keep just chatting all day. So good. But um, you were also on the podcast the first season. So if you want to hear more about what we were talking about, um, a lot more. That was an hour conversation, so longer than 20 minutes. So check that out. And then also you're going to be hosting a breakout room coming up too. So if you have more questions for Jimmy and everything that you're doing um, can go there. So thank you so much for your time and this conversation. Thank Um, Thank you guys for this opportunity as well for me to interview you guys. It's so fun. And um, next up, we're gonna go to the main Zoom because we're gonna hear from Dr. Sammy Kim all about mental health. I'm so excited for this. He's a smart, a smart guy. He is Um, about mental health and just relating that to um, young adult and ministry in the church. So head over to the main Zoom and hear from Dr. Sammy.